Hello, and welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. I hope you're a subscriber. I really would like to have you as a subscriber. If you're not, please subscribe to the channel. If not, or if you are, at least give us a thumbs up when you like something. I'm doing two shows every week, and I want your support. Um, and the shows are all fantastic because I cherry pick my guests. So if I'm having it, it's worth you listening to. Um, what if I told you that you could get, achieve spiritual freedom through something called the pattern? I know you know, have no idea what I'm talking about, but you will by the end of this hour. Today we have with us Kevin Jeffers, who is an author. He's been helping people retrieve their lost or incomplete souls through the process of passing over for many years. His new book, The Pattern, An Explanation of Consciousness, points to a pathway for people to experience more self-awareness and manifestation. And in this book, Kevin shares his experiences as a soul traveler, healer, and energy specialist. Welcome, Kevin. It's great to have well, thank, you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, I think I'm, I'd like to start off by, I know in your book, um, you talk about how this, you've always had uh, these intuitive gifts. And so can you talk about where you think this began? I really don't know because I've been experiencing them since I was a child. Um, I think I was a, a natural born sensitive and what came out of that was up to me. Every time I get involved in a, a, a higher level of um, focus, consciousness, more doors open. But when I started it, it was very, very simple. It was some, it was a kid, five-year-old sitting at laying in his bed at night, directing the, the flow of um, energy particles that surrounded him. And I didn't know what that was at five years old, but it sure was entertaining. I, I love that stuff. Went on for years. And then off and on, I entered into areas of interest. Someone would mention something or I would see something and I say, that's, that's interesting. I'd like to look into that a little bit more. So each, there, there, it's like a progression. Every progression is related to a skill that I have learned. Um, I could have stopped at any point, could have been satisfied with what I had. But unfortunately, I'm never satisfied with anything. <laughs> okay. You're a high achiever. Um, <laughs> what did the, what did it look like when you were designing these energies? What did that look to, like to you as a child? Good question. It was um, it was little blocks of color, and they look little to me because at five years old, you're not very discriminating about what you're taking a look at but they were swirling in groups almost a, in a linear fashion um, around me. And at first I was just fascinated by it. And then eventually I found out that if I thought about them or moved my hands, I could direct them like, a, like someone directs an orchestra. You can move them here, you can move them there. And then it became even more interesting. Um, so it was a it was a flow it was a linear flow of geometric forms each with its own color base, um, and they moved. So I don't think I can give a very sophisticated answer to your question. That's good. That's a good one. That's a good question, and that's a unique thing because um, I have talked to many intuitives, many um, psychics and mediums, and everything like that, and this experience is very unique to you. I don't know that I've heard it described this way. So you were being shown something that was ultimately going to lead you to what you now call the pattern, right? Yes. Okay. What was it? Um, when did you first recognize the pattern? It was uh, probably within the last five years. 
Um, it happened suddenly. It happened without warning during a meditative period where I was doing my meditation. It's usually a couple hours a day, uh, early morning meditation. And I was sitting in my favorite meditation chair, a nice little gray lazy boy with kick up legs. So kick up supports. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I had no expectation of anything happening. It was just another interesting meditation on energy. And then I felt myself, my, my consciousness being lifted out of my, my body. And I was facing what looked like uh, a grid pattern. And I, there was no deeper meaning to it. It was just a grid pattern. But I, I found that as I got closer, the pattern filled out with color. Um, it was a predominantly a blue grid. And embedded in the grid were flashes of golden light, which I came to understand as I went further into the experience that that was individual forms of consciousness. Then I moved closer into the grid and... It became a, at that point, it became, it moved from being a mental experience into a very emotional experience because it, it's like listening to the music of the spheres. It was beautiful. It was flowing and very emotional for me. Um, I usually don't bring in a high degree of emotion when I do meditation because I'm very interested in producing a result for myself. So for in in retrospect, looking back, it was like the pattern was embedded in who I am. And then it showed me the potential of a benefit in experiencing the pattern, which was um, viewing, and this is just strictly my point of view, uh, a neural network. To me, it was like a neural network. And and I, and I decided that was a neural network of a creative intelligence and embedded within the grid was the shape of our future. It was put in place, I think, by what I call the originators, uh, a creative intelligence who have, now this gets a little strange, but seeded consciousness within the planet Earth in various life forms for the purpose of lifting consciousness, the to encourage and grow consciousness. The, the earth is a, is a cradle, a cradle of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And, and it, as you can see, the more I became involved in this, the more, uh, the stronger I was feeling about it, the deeper I was connected. And then I saw it was the underlying structure of self-consciousness. And what that means is we, in different states of consciousness, use the pattern to create our life and to fulfill what we think is important for our soul. For my view, the soul is, is forever. And we come into earth in, our, in the bodies we have and the minds we have as learning tools. We come to learn. And I know that that might sound like well, what happens to all the poor people to get murdered or killed in war. It's just an evolution of their soul in experiencing different forms of reality. Well, none of that sounds strange to me and probably not to my listeners because um, this is these concepts have been discussed on this show before. As mm -hmm. far as seeds, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I know that I'm one of them. So um, you're speaking my language. <laughs> my language too. <clears throat> Absolutely. Why do you think you were shown this? It, it, looking back, it just seemed to be the next thing to do. Um, I started experiencing the the linear blocks of color probably in 1957 and then it progressed outward through past life regression spiritual healing um developing skills um just moving into and exploring consciousness 
that's what I wanted. I wanted to explore consciousness. I wanted to know more than whatever I read had to offer to me. And that was part of the endless questioning of what my life was and what I was doing here, what I was involved in. So I think the experience of the pattern is just simply something I was ready to experience. Okay. And I know that you experienced many past lives and, but it wasn't like you went through regression, hypnotic regression, right? You just experienced them. Well, it started with hypnotic regression. Hypnotic regression showed me the potential of experiencing past lives. And then as I, as I grew and I gained um, the energy to find those past lives myself, I decided when I was 17, I would go out and travel to areas of the world that I felt compelled to visit. And I found that if I chose correctly and I followed my intuition correctly, that there was some element of a past life, my past life present there, which I call recovery. I think as beings are generally, because we've lived so many times, we're incomplete. And, and part of the process of exiting out, uplifting consciousness is completing yourself. And looking at yourself as a span of lives and not limited to those, this one specifically, you see that you have a, you've experienced amazing things. Your potential is huge. Your potential is vast. So I would travel around the world. I made it my business eventually to do so because I had to pay for this. Um, and then I would go to these places I felt compelled to go to. And then I would recover some element or some energy that I had left behind when I was there before. Did you enjoy these experiences? I love these experiences. Some of them were very strange because some of them ended up lives that were rather brutal with violent endings and some had great endings. Um, so it was very uneven. Whatever the experience was in that lifetime is what I took into myself. The retrieval of self was, in my mind, is our, our personal goal to complete ourselves and to move on. I don't see human beings staying here forever. I think we're in an evolutionary process where we are engaged in uplifting consciousness from the very basic form of consciousness into a very sophisticated form of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then we make a contribution to what I would call a total self. And by recovery, we fulfill who we fulfill our mission here. Now, initially, you may not even know what that you had a mission. You wouldn't know that you were supposed to be doing things because you were just living your life. I mean, life is dangerous and confusing enough as it is. Why would you travel around the world and recover aspects of yourself that you left behind? I think it was just simply because I could. I wanted to, created the intent, and then manifested the opportunity for the intent to realize itself. Did you learn things from those past lives that clued you into issues you may have had in this life? Good question. I would say yes. Because the incompletions of a previous life came forward into this life, and it was for me to sort it out and integrate it. And, and some of those things were very unpleasant. But in my view, life isn't particularly a guarantee of pleasantness. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I read about it. There were some pretty brutal things that happened to you. Um, I know that um, a healer told me, because uh, I've had throat issues, and she said, Randy, you've been hung a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> I think said, I have those in the book. Yeah, she said, yeah, that's, your throat is a, is a problem for you. It's a very common way of uh, punishing people for behavior that wasn't accepted at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. So I'm still carrying a bit of that. Yeah, it's a tough one. I wear a, a chain with a cross on it. Um, and sometimes I feel like it's choking me. So I would take it off for a month or so and I'd 
like get comfortable. And then I put it back on because it was so personal to me as a personal gift. And then eventually time, I feel like I'm choking. <laughs> I would wake up at night and I would have the cross tight or the chain tied against my throat. And I was reliving something. Um, it just wasn't, it wasn't practical. It wasn't realistic. It was just an emotion. An emotion that wouldn't go away. Right. It's incredible. And I agree with you that we are evolving to a different, uh, some people call it 5D. Um, we're in an evolution of uh, where we're, the human race is going to change drastically. I think the 5D experience is just another step on the way out the door. You do? Yes. Um, there's a scale of rating in civilizations that are related to energy consumption. <clears throat> it's about the developing technologies and the mastering of energy that allows us to move on. Good to know. Um, Good to this, know. Is that? Yeah, this is a tough place. It's a predator world. It is a predatory world. We're in here to learn how to deal with, with the predator aspect of the world and of ourselves. As we come in as babies naked, we don't have any protection. We hope to God our parents take care of us. And that's not always the case. That's not a guarantee. Mm -mm. But we also have the tools to survive. And they are, some are effective tools and some are ineffective tools. So we survive because that's who we are. That's the nature of who we are. We've agreed to come to the planet Earth or the galaxy, to be specific, in a framework in the context of space and time. You took on the, the you took the forgetfulness pill when you got born because you forgot that your spirit, you forgot your potentiality, you forgot your, your immersion in all that is for the purpose of coming here and learning who you are. Yeah, I mean, um, I had no idea I would be doing the work I'm doing. I had no idea I'd be doing a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I really, it just all presented itself to me. It was like, um, I was talking about synchronicities with, I guess, the other day, you know, and it was like, I just kept following the the signs, you know, along the way and like, hmm, okay, that looks like it's a, a direction I should be going in. And I did go for it, you know, and see where it led me. Um, and it, it, obviously, obviously, to me, you're a sensitive. Mm -hmm. And you know, where you need to be going, and you probably fine tune that knowing over the years. Mm -hmm. So when the sign shows up, the guideposts, uh, the the magic, whatever, mm -hmm. you know that's the direction for you to take. That's right. How do I know? Because you're there. There's no fumbling. You're exactly where you need to be at this point in time. No guarantee tomorrow, but today you're doing a good job. Today, thank you. Thank you. I feel like it. I feel like I'm where I need to be right now. Right. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing what you what you discuss and what conversations you open. Because frankly, most people won't do that. They won't expose themselves to the cultural consensus, which is you don't do that. It took yeah. a while. Yeah. It well, took a while. Take, take comfort in that is exclusive in the Western culture. I spent probably 35 years traveling through Asia, spent a number of years living in China, visiting temples, talking to monks. Um, and they don't drag this weight with them. They know we come in here to experience life and then we go out because that we're entitled to moving back into spirit. But in the Western culture, the Western world, we struggle with that because we have this clearly defined playbook. And the playbook is do this, do this, and do that. Now, in the Western world, it wasn't always like that. But it is now. And so I, I discover science is breaking open the lock that the control con cultural consensus has on us. We're proving it out through physics, through quantum physics. We're, there's a path here. I agree. And how you take it is your choice. 
<clears throat> I agree. That's why I do the show. <laughs> so I can expose people. I think it's terrific. This and that it's and this really and that. Terrific. I'm like, grab onto whatever resonates with you. Well, frankly, that's why I wrote the book. I didn't really want to write the book. The writing the book was extraordinarily uncomfortable for me. Really? Not the meat of the book, which was about the process of self-transformation uplift, because that's my passion. But talking about my previous experiences and the healing experiences, I didn't want to do it. It was, I was too exposed. Yes. It was too raw, too emotional. Mm -hmm. And I had, I, I tell you, frankly, I had forgotten most of those things. I had to go back to notes that I wrote 30 years ago. I went back to family to verify certain events because I forgot about it. I didn't want to remember that. I didn't want to embrace that continuously throughout my life. I wanted to be here and live. And then, as you mentioned, the guidepost was, you know, pointed in a certain direction and that direction was the book. Yes. The books, books call us, you know, yes. because I've written a few and they've both called to me. So, you know, and partly written themselves. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I get it. I, I do. And um, it's a very vulnerable feeling to put a book out there. Where you're exposing yourself. It's like writing it. You said it was uncomfortable. For me, it was uncomfortable. Once the book's released, you're like, you feel like you don't have a floor under you. It's like, I'm out there. I'm exposed. <laughs> now what? I hope people take it well. Well, from my point of view, putting the book was an accomplishment of an objective that it was set out in front of me. And then I almost washed my hands of it. I said, I got the job done. I wrote the book. Okay. Let me move on to things that are interesting because the book is just, a, it's a, it's a, a story telling a story about a life. It didn't work out that way. <laughs> you, you got sucked in. <laughs> you had to keep no, up with it. No, I mean, truly I don't get sucked in, but <clears throat> people want to know, like you have your shows. I get questions. Well, what about this? What about this? What about that? And then, and I, and I knew that going into this, that writing a book would open me to that exposure to other people. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, it's been, it's been great, but I didn't know that. I didn't anticipate being able to make a contribution to people. Because what I'm doing is kind of out there. It is. It's out there, but... I have to tell you, there are many people who are doing things that are out there, really way out there. And um, I'm open to all of it. I I'm find as I get older, I'm, I go way more out there. Yeah. Because as I drift away from the cultural consensus and I move into new areas of consciousness exploration, mm -hmm. um, you really have to drop a lot of beliefs. You have to drop a lot of conceptions. You have to reformat your, your reality. Sure. Takes a lot of courage to explore the vastness. There's no end to it. Of consciousness, right? There's no end to it. Right, there is no end to it. And um, that's what I like. I'm not somebody that can be boxed in, so. <clears throat> I like knowing that there's just no end to that. I think that's very interesting. I think you found a way to get out of the boxes that you created for yourself when you were younger. Shows a lot of ingenuity in my, in my view, because getting out of the box is not as simple as getting out of the box. Right. It's not. You have to know what that box is to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just simply don't want to know what that is. That's true. Because what you mentioned, it's uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. And oh. this is what I, this is the work that I do with my clients really is to help them get out of that box that they're in, that they think is reality for them and um, to expose them to a, a different reality that works much better for them in their lives. Well, I think helping them reformat their reality is, uh, is very, very important. It is. It's very important because we we tend to um, absorb and download everything we're exposed to. And until we become conscious of that, that a lot of who we are, or who we think we are, 
had to do with other people. Um, since we begin to realize that, uh, there's a big freedom that occurs. The downloading, from my experience, is uh, indiscriminate. I call them data dumps. When the pattern, in my case, which I recognize, sends a, a, a block, I call it a block of data, into me, and I've seen it enter sometimes, and then gradually over time, I understand what that was about. Mm -hmm. So I, I tend to stay away from television and some of the stranger uh, news organizations because it's just adding and adding and adding useless data. Hmm. True. True. I hear that a lot. I think the useless data drags us down. It's true. If we allow it to, if we allow ourselves to absorb it. I've really reached the point in, in my life where I, I'm, I really don't care anymore. I don't care to know the new. I don't care to know what someone is saying that fashion is an example, art. All my degrees are in art, so I get it. Mm -hmm. The latest artist, the latest color. Um, it's just not that interesting because consciousness is interesting. That is creative. That is evolutionary. Mm -hmm. That has the higher potential of understanding who I am and understanding and experiencing the people around me. Yes, I, I completely get what you're saying. It is. I mean, in every event, whether it's in my life or it's in uh, people that I coach or people I know, I'm always in the uh, in the overview, the big picture of where all this is going, you know, rather than in the moment, stuck in the issue. I like to see where this is going to go. And um, that's a very freeing concept for me. When you've established with that overview, <laughs> that higher view, mm -hmm. moving out of the current view is simpler because you have a pathway to move out of it. Mm -hmm. Right, true. What does consciousness mean to you? Consciousness, that's really interesting. Consciousness is a unifying um, element in the galaxy. In this particular galaxy, and I can't speak to others because I don't spend much time looking at them, is consciousness is the goal of all of the planets in our galaxy. As Carl Sagan said, think about it. There's probably 5 billion planets. At least one of them has some form of consciousness, some form of self-awareness. But he said, percentage-wise, probably most of them do. In, in forms and shapes we don't understand, and forms and shapes that we can connect with. I was out doing my thing one day and I saw two planets, two planetary bodies chatting with each other. <laughs> okay. What did that look like? What did that look like? Well, they were two very large, what I call planets. Maybe they were moons and they were kind of oblong in shape and they had moved to each other but not touching and having a chat, which I really didn't understand, but I knew they were communicating. And that actually that opened my eyes to many things about nature. Uh, nature communicates with others of its kind. We just don't know the language. We don't know the language of rocks. We don't know the language of clouds. We don't know, that's and that's okay because we're all a part of it. It's all a part of this interweaving network of self-consciousness. So you've taken all that you've discovered, experienced, learned, um, and you're now using it to, to help people heal. Tell us about that work that you do. Well, that work, it, it, if I understand the question correctly, really points to what I call soul retrieval. Okay. 
if that's okay to mm -hmm. discuss. That's that. exactly. Soul retrieval is when you commit yourself to helping souls stuck on the earth energy system through it and into a place of healing, regeneration, or release. Um, my focus is children. And my fine-tuned focus is children that were killed in disasters and wars. And that, that's important to me because children, when they die young, they don't know what's going on. And if they don't have family member, members helping them through into the light, they can have a very long time here without any kind of reference, reference point to reality, their new reality. Who's there to explain it to them? I've run across children that died. I was very active in soul retrieval during the Syrian war um, of children who had died either directly through explosions or collapsing buildings or fire generated by explosives who didn't understand what had happened to them. So it was like they're wandering around. And for me, that was it was a very moving experience to see that and it gave me direction on what I wanted to focus on. So you were seeing the spirits of children who had passed in these wars and horrific situations that they didn't understand. Were they coming to you? No. No, I, I built a relationship with my from my soul into the spirit into spirit, what I call spiritual forces that bind the bind the planets together and it's a cooperation so okay i'm available i know how to do this i don't want to be moving around and watching television shows or phenomena or entertainment i want to be of service and my form of service as was communicated to me is do the retrieval work and then i would be pointed to a retrieval sometimes an individual sometimes a small group sometimes larger uh, there was no rule about it, but I was pointed to be specific. And I think it is because that soul, even though in the small human shape, was ready to move out and on. Yeah. And when you're stuck, all you have to do is ask for help. Most, and people don't know how, don't know that. They think they'll get out of it or they'll talk their way through it or someone eventually will save them. But they have to, the, the moment they ask from the heart to go into the light, they have assistance. It's automatic. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I used to own a business and um, it was a spa type of business and we tended to attract spirits that would sort of get stuck. And when they were bothering my employees, because sometimes they did, um, <laughs> I would call in the paranormal team and, um, and we would figure out what that spirit was about, why it was there, where it wanted to go, mm -hmm. why it was stuck. It was very interesting. It was, a, it's always interesting because mm -hmm. there's always a story. There. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and people would say, well, Randy, why are they coming here? I said, cause they know I'm going to help them. Yeah. You open the door and they, they go to CVS or the grocery store people are going to be like oh you know get this thing out of here i don't want to yeah. be near it they come to me i'm like oh no we're going to get this we're going to send it on its way <laughs> so um we had really, several yeah, incidents yeah. like that. that send them on their way mm -hmm. uh, usually souls that are stuck have relatives or family members or concerned concerned other people mm -hmm. that will pull them through once they're pointed and in some of the cases, the people, they were stuck because they had been responsible for the caretaking of someone in life, and they still thought they had to stay here. Meanwhile, that person was long gone, um, but they didn't know that. So and, and They probably would never know unless they had assistance in knowing. Mm -hmm. So that was, the, that was the coolest thing I think I've ever experienced. I loved it. Um, so do we, could we all benefit from soul retrieval? 
personally, I do it for satisfaction. I do it for experiencing, experiencing consciousness. So yes, we can all do it. You know, frankly, we can do all of this. Each person has the has a has a potential to experience all these things. And we're limited and stopped by certain circumstances that we are engaged in while we're alive. We have the potential. We are all these things. We're limitless beings. I call it, we're forever beings. We're immortal. We don't die. We just think we do sometimes. So, vast benefit. Think of yourself as fluid, not stuck. So what would soul retrieval look like for somebody like me? What would I be doing? As a retriever? As a retriever. Mm -hmm. You would be signing up with spirit, if that's your choice, um, to do this work. And you'll find that you're, you're pointed and helped immediately. You, you go to the place, you, you go around the world and you... You're experiencing these dead souls that are stuck, and there are millions and millions and millions of them because yeah. they don't know how to get out. There's no guidepost. Seeing the light is a very difficult process for most people. Most people have stopped, stopped even believing in the light, let alone experiencing it, thinking that they have nowhere to go. Or, the, or then conversely, they get stuck in various acts that they've engaged in throughout their life. And they get, can't get past the acts because the act dra drags them down. I don't know if it's down or up, but it definitely mm -hmm. drags them and binds them and holds them. Mm -hmm. So there, it's always a mixed, a mixed pot about who is stuck and why. So my suggestion is, and you're, as you pointed out, make yourself available to spirit. And it becomes simple. You get pointed to retrievals. Eventually, what, is you get, a, what does a retrieval feel like? What is that like? There are not a lot of feelings when you're in spirit. You're you're experiencing everything all at once. Um, you have doubts and considerations because you know you didn't you didn't know this stuff when you were young. You are not used to seeing yourself as an energetic body. Right. You're not used to seeing yourself as as a fluid motion of intelligence and energy and color. So the first thing that happened happens that happened to me is, what do I look like? And I was able to take a look at myself and I looked completely different than my physical body. I looked like a sphere of energy. Mm. And that was shocking. Is I don't think of myself as a sphere, number to begin with. I don't see myself as fluid energy. So, but once you get past that, those initial obstructions into moving out, then you're, then when you're pointed to a retrieval, it's literally a simple matter of holding your hand out. My technology is I look at the soul and you know what's happening with them immediately because you're in that space where you know everything. You don't have to be trained. You don't, you're not restricted because you're in the moment of now. No time, no space. So you know what's happening. You know what needs to be done. But, it, but in my belief system, you never retrieve someone who does not want to be retrieved or is not asked to be retrieved. You could Some folks I, I found over time, you can talk to them and talk to them. And sometimes you get clever. You know, your mom and dad are over there, just right over there, where the light is. Go to the light. Things like that. Mm -hmm. Or you'll be all right. Everything will be fine. The person that died in battle who just was cut off and shocked, who is forever dying in battle, can be pulled out of the battle by just pointing out the incongruities of what they're experiencing. So, you know, you're, there's a body over there. You may want to take a look at it. You may recognize it. And then a connection is made relatively fast that, yeah, that's me. What am I doing over there? Because I'm over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So I said, let that go. Let that body go. That body is finished for now, as sad as that is. And then I point to the light. Usually it, it, it's a portal of light. I said, let's go over there. People that have been waiting for you for a long, long time will receive you. Would you like to go to the light? And if it's affirmative, then it's a, it's a simple matter of touching, energy touching energy that moves them out to the light. And if they're not ready to go, they don't want to go, that's okay. Catch you back in another millennia. Sounds like fascinating work. I um, One of our spirits, earthbounds, whatever you want to call them, um, he had been in the Vietnam War and he had a head injury. And as a result of the head injury, he ended up murdering somebody as an adult. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to cross over because he was afraid of the judgment of God. <laughs> oh, there's no judgment. But absolutely he, no judgment. right. He thought that he was going to be hurt, crucified or whatever it was for what he did. A little dramatic. The guide will look at the guide, his guide will look at him, and it's the, his guide and say, Well, you didn't do too well in that one. <laughs> Let's go take a look at what's going on. Let's take a look at your, your energy configuration because we're all energetic bodies mm -hmm. in hyper consciousness. Mm -hmm. and let's see where maybe things didn't quite go the way you wanted them to go. It's a forgiving, it's a forgiving environment because everyone has gone through those those experiences to some degree and there's an immense amount of compassion it's amazing how um how much fear is in these earthbound souls yeah or, they don't know where to go caught in between yeah it's a lot of fear they're stuck. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, it, and it really depends on why they're mm -hmm. stuck some people is they they died through drugs some died through violence and war. Um, some were older people who who had Alzheimer's or dementia, and they were not oriented to the light as they went out that way. It really depends on the circumstance and what they experienced. Right. Or in the case of this fellow who killed somebody, ending ending the life form of consciousness consciousness is now well received. Because you took all of their opportunities away from them. You took all of the, the future learning, the future experiencing. You took that away. That's removed. And I think that's what this person was reacting to, a sense of loss, a sense of disconnectedness, disassociation with who he is. Well, he, you know, he he knew that his behavior was not him. He knew that it was a result of the head injury that he had and that so, so he was able to to really feel the regret yeah and the regret consumed him and was hard to release absolutely um oh describe the retrieval process and work you do in the ukraine oh i didn't know you did work in the ukraine <laughs> tell us about that well about a year ago i got the call go to the ukraine and I don't know Ukraine from, from Hungary or anywhere. I don't even, I didn't even know where Ukraine was. Right. I know now. So I went to this place called Ukraine, the Ukraine, the country. And people were dying sporadically at the beginning, as you may recall, there was no mass death. It was just Russia dropping bombs on people periodically to, you know, shake, to shake the, the political structure up on the Western side. And so retrieving was fairly straightforward. These days it's not. So many people are dying. Hundreds of people are, a day are dying in that place. So the experience that was in the book was, okay, retrieve that person, retrieve that soul. And I said, what soul? I didn't see form or shape. I didn't see their energy pattern. I just saw particles of self-consciousness swirling around a stack of rubble from a building that had blown up and collapsed. And due to my inexperience 
and just simply not knowing how do you retrieve someone who is just a mass of particles drifting in and out of reality through a physical structure like a brick, a mass of bricks. I didn't know. So I actually just stayed there for a while, had plenty of time, had another hour or so of real time that, that I could focus on this thing. And I decided, well, when were they whole? When were they real? When were they, when were they a person? Mm -hmm. So because in that space, as I mentioned, there's no, there's no time. I went back. I went backwards in time a couple of days to when that person was not in that condition. And everyone is, everyone has energy. Everyone has a locked in pattern of who they are. You're findable by the pattern of your energy. So I went to that person, I went to their soul and they had not, they had not died yet. They had not been buried yet. And I read their energy. It's like a data tag. Okay. That's that woman. She's about 68. The building, she died when the building collapsed on her. She was very afraid. So it's a reading of that energy that allowed me to focus in on that person and what I and do what I now call tagging. That's adding an identifier in their energetic field. I said, okay, this might work. I've never done it before, but it makes sense to me. And then I moved forward to the point in time where I originally arrived at that site and I saw the tags. So then it was a very straightforward matter of reaching in and pulling out the tag. That's who they are. So it was a learning experience for me. I never had never done that before. I occasionally do it now when things are very disorganized. But that's an example of tagging, soul retrieval using tagging. Uh, and I'll give you another example. It's not in the book. A friend of mine called up and said, I can't see my dad. Her father had died. And he's no longer communicating with me. You know, doesn't come in dreams anymore. I don't feel his presence. And I and I can't find him. So she said, can you find him? I said, I'll give it a try. Went into the meditative state a day or so later after I thought about this thing. And I reached out to her father and I couldn't find him. I said, this is not good. So not to stop the process, I went back to her and read her tag, her, ener her energetic being, the data packet of who she is. And in that packet was the pattern of her father. Mm -hmm. So I use, it's like a directional beam. I use that tag, that energy construct to allow me to find her father, which happened very, very rapidly. Mm -hmm. Found him right away. Um, and I never ask people for whoever the target is, if you want to call it target, the goal, what they look like, how old they are. I just, I'm not interested, just like useless data that fogs my mind. I see them from an energetic view. And I said, well, your father was slender and brown hair and looked like he was about 55, 60. And he's with some guy who's building a building with, building a house. And she started crying. I said, why? She said, because that's my dad's best friend. And when her father died, he died in a boating accident. It was rather sudden. Um, and his friend started staying around her because she was a reminder of her father. This was a man who was his best friend. He loved dearly. And then he passed and the two of them joined back together again, his friends. So I always look for validation. It's not a matter of just experiencing and you know spitting it out into a written page. I like to go back and, and verify the experience. And I did that in this case, through what her father looked like and his friend, which was unexpected. We're building a house, which was his passion. Did you, have you had experience with the victims of 9-11? No, actually, no. All of that's been cleared up. Really? So there's nothing for me to do. They're all gone. They have all been retrieved. There's no one down in a the rubble. They're, they're gone. They're all retrieved. They're How all were they retrieved? 
um, through what I call the guides, what people call angel, I call guides, through family members, through just self-realization that they were dead and it's time to move on. Okay. It's always a combination of how, how and why they they were released from that location. Why? I find that usually the answer is very simple. And a lot of people had their focus of their attention on that event. I mean, they had millions and millions of people who spent day after day and week after week thinking about what was going on. And the firemen came in to retrieve their own and to retrieve the people who died there. So there's a lot of a lot of focused intention on the people who died there being okay. Okay. That makes sense. It's a form of prayer, isn't it? <clears throat> join together in intention that really does make sense um just for those who don't understand what spirit is as a over you know overall spirit how how do you define that one sentence spirit is the unifying consciousness of this galaxy the unifying consciousness And there's, so spirit doesn't refer to spirit guides or angels or anything like that? It's, it's is it one consciousness? Spirit is an energetic force. <clears throat> and it's what we're built into. We use spirit to manifest as humans. Angels, they're angels, but they don't quite look like the, the pictures that you see in books. Mm -hmm. Guides could be family members or people committed to guiding. Um, there's no one answer to that question other than spirit is the energy that drives the universe. Okay. And in my view, that that's why connecting to spirit was a turning point in my own life. When I experienced the, the pattern, I my mouth hung open for weeks. I was numb. <laughs> I couldn't talk about it. I had to I had to find ways to articulate it until my editor said, I'm sorry, you gotta articulate this one because it's a it's a component of your book. And I did that. And that was difficult. It was nearly impossible. Because mm -hmm. every time I would re-experience my initial experience of the pattern, it was like I got frozen, locked up, uh, unable to do much of anything it was very un very very uncomfortable but i didn't like being like that so i went into the into it and i didn't step away from it right well you did a very good job of explaining and describing and um i know it wasn't easy for you but you got it done and that's really important and so <clears throat> your book the pattern kevin jeffers oh there we go um fascinating book and wait definitely, the, definitely a labor of love wait till the next one. Oh, what's that going to be soul retrieval did you start i've i've <clears throat> formed the structure in my head i went back to my editor and you know confirmed with her this made sense the pattern book I, I rewrote three times very annoying experience but fortunately i was blessed with an editor cleared up got the uh timelines correct put everything in its order integrated with the explanations about the pattern and i'm going to use her when i write soul retrieval because i don't want to fully engage in something that doesn't have a plan okay do you do do you use an outline yes i'll be i've already picked out the retrieval stories that i like some are about family some are about children some are about people that died in war some people are some are about people that didn't know they were dead many many different kinds of stories i had to go back through my file and look through hundreds and hundreds of experience as i write this stuff down now not so much but then every retrieval i wrote down so just kind of pick and choose according to the topic and then put an explanation 
of what a pro what are we reading here? How does retrieval associate itself with those stories that you're telling? Well, when that book is out, contact me. We'll it do might, it again. <laughs> it might be a while. Yeah, I understand. It's okay. I'm going to okay. be here. <laughs> I'll be here. I've been here a long time. I'm going to continue to be here because this is just, um, I love doing this. This is fascinating. Yes, this, is how, this is one of the ways that I grow is through, you know, learning about others' experiences and just expanding and expanding and expanding what I understand. And so I think it's a gift that you've given yourself. You know, every time I say to myself, oh, you know, you've got so many other things to do. Stop the show. I just can't. I cannot stop the show because that tells you a lot. huh? It tells you a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't. It's just part of my growth. Because you know and, you're and, doing the right thing. Yeah, and you know, um, I had no idea, no intention of doing this, but a friend said to me, "Randy, you should do radio." I said, "I hate the sound of my voice," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm terrified I'm going to say something stupid. So I started, yeah. I started the show and for the first maybe 10 or more shows that I did, I wrote every word and it was like 10 pages for 30 minutes it was like 10 pages of text. And I wrote them because I didn't want to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. And then somebody contacted me and they wanted an interview. And I said, I liked the topic and I said, all right, let's try it. And I found that I love the interview process. It was so much easier for me. And, um, you know, and that's where I am today. So it's, uh, you know, it's very comfortable now, but it wasn't always. Well, I, uh, a couple of family members and friends have been cheerleading me on to doing these podcasts. Because when I started, it was like, I'm frozen. I figured I'm going to do something that's stupid. I'm going to do something strange on the video streaming camera. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something. Right. And I'm going to embarrass myself. Mm -hmm. Well, as soon as I put my pride aside and went back to the story, and things went smoother. But, you know, it, it's, for me, it's just been a learning process. Mm -hmm. It is. It, it takes a while to get, you know, I did, um, up until January, my shows were all audio. I just started doing video and it took me a while to, to get to the point where I wanted to do video because I, it was, you know, I was so used to being able to just talk without having to get dressed up and, <laughs> you know, fix myself up. But, but I really like this. This is fun. Yeah. My voice did, my voice didn't match my face. No, no, but you don't talk to yourself. You don't. I don't stand in front of a mirror and have a long chat with myself. Mm -mm. So when I showed up on the video, like I'm doing now and I'm, and I'm listening to my voice, it was uh, it was very disconcerting, mm -hmm. and then finally it just settled itself down. Right. So as you said, it is there some kind of structure or frame I want to talk into? I said no, I just take it as it goes. Right. I, I think that's the best way, and I I I really try to make my guests feel comfortable. I really try to tap in, so they can have a good time. Well, so. I feel, I feel very comfortable. I felt that you've thrown out a lot of questions that would provoke mm -hmm. answers in a very gentle way. Um, I think you're great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Well, okay. So Kevin, um, do you have a website that you? Yes, I, yes I do actually. Um, okay. Tell us what that is. That's, oh, right here. It's thepattern.pub www.thepattern.pub. We just finished it. So, I, you know, I don't have the website memorized. I got to read my piece of paper. Okay. It's up, it's functioning, it's complete. And it talks to the things that we talked about today. Okay. Do you teach or do you, are you just, um, I don't mean just, but do you teach or are you actively soul retrieving instead of teaching? I don't teach. Okay. 
And it's not because I don't want to, but it's a, it's a function of time and energy and availability. Okay. And I'm still, I'm still in love with the idea of soul retrieval. I can I look, see why. I look forward to it. Okay, I'm going to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's going to totally disrupt my sleep cycle. But what am I going to find out today? Do they come to you? Yes. And that's a whole different story. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there, there's no time and there's no respect for your time. It's just like, hello, I'm here. <laughs> well, I have, I, I have an energetic handle that they can grab onto. Okay. Because they view us as energy. They don't view us as people. Okay. Very cool. Well, it's been great talking to you. Thank you for being my guest. I'm glad we made this happen. And um, good luck with the book. Thank you. I'll let you know. It might be a year, might be two years. That's okay. Knock on your door if you ever get it. Absolutely. You let me know. I will. All right, Kevin. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.